What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the MechaCast. I'm Coach David. Joining today with my co-host, Dylan Snyder. How you living today, Dylan? Very good. I have a Zevia, and I'm ready to go. Let's do it. <laughs> we, just, we just got Arizona tea. Yeah. In the fridges, and so yeah. I have one of those as well to sip on. Uh, and of course, Sarah Knapp, behind the scenes, always here with us. Uh, just thumbs up, Sarah. How you doing? Okay. Sarah's good. good. <laughs> Um, we have an awesome, awesome, awesome guest joining us today. The one and only Julie Shields is here with us. Um, can't wait to dive into all things mindset and fitness and business with Julie, but I love to paint a little picture of people before we get started. And before we get that awesome Scottish accent on the mic, uh, I think what sticks out to me the most about Julie Shields is her unwavering ability to just figure shit out. I had the pleasure of having Julie as an AMP client for over a year. And through all the ups and downs of working with someone for that amount of time with their mindset, one of the things that I come to learn with Julie is that no matter how dire a situation felt to her, how tired, how exhausted she might have been mentally, she was going to figure out a way to take the next step. The next step to progress her job and her business, the next step to progress as a parent, the next step to progress as an athlete, the next step to progress as a human being. And she always does. She has an innate sense of confidence that somehow is perfectly balanced with also being one of the most coachable people I think I've ever met. And we've talked many times about how the things she's learned in class at Mecca and CrossFit have spilled over into her personal life. And that's why we're all here ultimately, isn't it? To learn and hear and share all these life lessons that the gym has given us. So I'm excited to actually get to have the opportunity to share Julie Shields with everyone who's listening and kind of have a feeling that you will feel like you know her yourself after this episode. Jules, I want to dive into absolutely everything, but how are you today first? Thanks for joining us. Well, shit. (laughs) I mean... It gets everyone. Oh, like, wow. That's the first time I've ever, like... Had to sit and listen to somebody without being able to interrupt them when they're talking about me. So that's a first. <laughs> Especially because you two are sitting like on the floor and I'm on a chair and I feel like I'm sitting on this pedestal. So yeah, okay, more of this. Thanks very much. Um, I am fantastic. I'm really well. Really Good. well. Good. Uh, we're excited to have you today. I know I was actually kind of messaging you earlier today like, here are some ideas, some questions. Where do you want to get started? And... I I just know that this conversation is going to blossom into something that we really can't plan for. <laughs> but um, let's start with some of the simple stuff for people who do know you that are listening and even the people who don't know you. Just how did you come to be here at Mecca, uh, CrossFit, um, and where was like kind of the, the start of that journey and what it's kind of developed into to get you here today? All the things. Um, well, usually when I give any kind of presentation, the first thing I say to people is the accent is Scottish. Not Irish, not English, <laughs> God forbid, not um, Australian, not Dutch. You corrected me the first time. <laughs> did I? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what did you say, though? I was like, are you, are you Irish? Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't mean no. that. That's a, that's a Celtic thing. So that's fine. Celtic, Celtic thing. So the Irish and the Scottish go on really well, but nobody from the United Kingdom wants to be called English other than the English. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like if you meet somebody and 
You're like, oh my God, are you Canadian? <laughs> They're like, no. <laughs> Duh. Like, I don't talk like that. And my kids are like great imitators of my accent. Yeah. I, do they carry that with them normally or no? No, they'll, they'll put it on. Yeah, but they switch it on and off like... And then I'll be walking up the stairs and I'll hear them like mimicking me. And I'm like, I don't talk like that. No, that's fine. So, yeah. It was kind of cute when they were growing up because we'd go to like Pixar movies and Disney movies. And there's always like a Scottish Mm -hmm. chicken or a mouse or whatever. And like... Frozen has that random guy in the woods and he goes, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Sales. And I'm just waiting for like one of their friends to like... Give me the side eye, like, is that, is that you? Like, are you famous? Like, no. Um, so how did I get to Mecca? How did I get into this little tiny room with the three of you? That's a question. Um, so I started CrossFit via a couple of friends. Um, I live on the north side. Um, and so a couple of friends said, you should do CrossFit. You're like... You've got this competitiveness about you and you seem to be kind of athletic and you like to run, but you can't run and do CrossFit, so you'll have to pick. And I was like, well, fuck that. <laughs> There's the first one. <laughs> um, sorry, we talked about that as well. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll go flip a tire because that's like the perception that everybody has. And I think this is now like year six of doing CrossFit. And I can honestly say, I think I've flipped a tire like maybe four times <laughs> in my CrossFit career. So can we do that? Like down at the strip? Along the alley? Yeah. No? Damn. Okay. Yeah. We, gotta get, we gotta get one down there. We could steal yeah. a tire. I mean, we have a lot of. Well, there's like a whole six corner of tires. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I don't, I don't know that we need a tire in the alley down at the strip. I think that might send some people over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I walked into CrossFit and, um, like, just felt so awkward and so, um, weak and like picked up a 35 pound barbell and like I was like what the hell am I doing here like but excited and um yeah so I was um at a gym on the north side for best part of three and a half four years and then the pandemic hit and everything you know went tits up and um we tried to do stuff online and it just wasn't really working and I'm in the business of dressing people and people weren't getting dressed. So there was that. And then um, my um, my partner in crime, Patricia, said, I found us a new gym. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And um, of course, the new gym couldn't open because there was a pandemic. And um, Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You I said, pre-sale. Oh, yeah. 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 I think Patricia and I were probably one of the yeah, original, was, yeah. the first two. Mm-hmm. You were like, well, we have two. Little did you know what two you were getting, but yeah, okay. And so then um, I came up to Lebo and um, I walked in and Kevin was sitting at the front um, desk. And I had no idea, like, Kevin, who Kevin was. Do you know what I mean? But I opened my mouth and he's like, are you Irish? And I was like, no. I was like, great, (laughs) this is going to, okay, maybe I should just leave. (laughs) And um, he introduced himself and I said, oh, I'm here for a tour. And he's like, you are? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Still didn't know he was. You probably made his day. He was probably so panicked about membership. We were in a pandemic. And then here comes this wonderful person walking the gym just asking for a tour. Yeah. Can you show me around? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so, um, yeah, I walked into the um, 
CrossFit room and I was like, oh, hell yes. Like, this is, this is fun. Because the place I came from was, you know, obviously a lot smaller. And um, yeah, and then we were all in tiny boxes and it was kind of hard to figure out who was who and me being as loud and obnoxious and Scottish as I am, it didn't take me long to figure it out. And Carrie was one of my first coaches. And I'd been told about Carrie from a friend at my old um, gym because um, I told her where I was going. And she's like, oh my God, you're going to meet Carrie? And I'm like, okay, like, is she my people? And she's like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and I walked in and I was like, yep, hell yeah, okay. Same can have, well, she's younger than me, but um, it was nice to walk in and see a female coach that I could relate to and she and just aspire to never going to get there but it's fine I've gotten over that so so yeah so now I'm um, if this so after um, the strip finally opened I started kind of making that my kind of main place to go but I still like to come up here every so often and hang out with the original crew um and yeah, we're now, I've been down at the Strip for like, well, it's been two years, I think it was in April. Mm-hmm. Was it a two-year anniversary in April? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Just first. Was it the first, first year? year? Oh, it just feels like longer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to us, it's two. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, so well, then it's two yeah, years yeah. in total with you guys. I was going to say again, like you, you I came in for five borders, but then we yeah. didn't open because of the pandemic. Yeah. So right. you started up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I was thinking about it, I think I started up here maybe in the June and Kevin was like, yeah, we're going to open September. I'm like, are we? I don't know. I ran past on Sunday, and I don't think anybody's working out in there for a while. Like, the construction crew were definitely still we were, there. We were going to open every month. Yeah. Every <laughs> and it was fine, because, like, here from where I live is, I got here in, like, 20 minutes. So it's not. And there was no traffic, because there was a pandemic. <laughs> so nobody was going in there. So, yeah, and then... Um, I love it. Um, I think that I kind of plateaued where I was before. I don't think that I took what I was doing maybe as, I don't want to use the word like serious, maybe more, um, what is the word? Like consistently, I don't think I had set any goals. It was just like, this is where I am. I come in every day. I need a class situation. Don't leave me by myself. I will procrastinate mm-hmm. like nobody's business and I won't, I won't get anywhere. And so I didn't really have any like goals per se. I just knew I was getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, even this morning I did my um, strict presses over at Stacks cause I had time this morning and I picked up 65 pounds and put it above my head and you know I don't like to put things above my head um and then I looked at the total from last year and 65 was my one rep max oh, nice. and I was like oh shit <laughs> supposed to be 85 <laughs> percent fuck okay uh, right so so yeah it's it's fun for me to see I wish I had more pictures and videos of Julie then like this, it was almost like a, I looked like a scrawny ass kid. I looked like Evan does now, my soon to be 16 year old, like drink some protein. Um, and now I look at myself and I think, um, you know, that's the kind of like tribe I like to follow. Like I, I watch these CrossFit girls and I watch the girls like I work out with that are all, I mean, some of them are ridiculous. Like some of them are half my age for God's sake. 
I'm trying not to think about that. Um, but I look at like my physique and I think I'm in, in probably as good a shape as I've ever been mentally and physically. Yeah. What do you think it is about CrossFit or <clears throat> I guess I shouldn't just specifically say CrossFit because you jump in a body lab here and there. You've taken some boot camps. Body lab yeah. is like being in a disco with her. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I just, I do. I, that's, that, that's what I tell people. That's my new favorite description. Yeah. Any time someone asks, what's that like? like? It's like, <laughs> dis- like being in a disco without like a drink. drink. <laughs> I do. I just love it. Nobody looks bad in a body lab class. Yeah. Like that lighting is like key. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I do. Well, but I'm a runner. I'm also like, I also, yeah. I, I've run a full marathon, one and done. I've done like a dozen halves. So running is, was my sport of choice, if you like. How long did you do that for? I mean, I started cross country when I was high school. Mm-hmm. I never was a sprinter. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate go. Mm-hmm. Like, can we do 400 meters instead of ones? Like, I'd rather go around the block than, like, mm-hmm. sprint up and down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did, like, cross country. I did. I was a complete tomboy growing up. So, like, I rode bikes. I played soccer. I did cross country. I wasn't, I wasn't a girly girl at all i was always out getting dirty and predominantly hanging with i think i had like one best friend who was a girl and then all the others were boys yeah what i think originally i what i was trying to ask too is like what what kept you here though what draw you to this place like you know I don't know. Like, why? Why did you stay? What What is the draw to CrossFit that you that you love about it? What is keeping you here? Um, ever changing movements <laughs> and yeah, challenging. What, what, what sets you up to like decide to set some goals too? It's like you're like, yeah, I came in, I don't really have goals. Just kind of doing the CrossFit thing because you had a friend. It's like, and now you're like, I mean, well. Listeners don't know this. I know this. Now you have tons of goals. Like I know there's all different numbers you want to hit and things yeah. you want to be able to do. Like where did all of a sudden that, that that spark for like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. Where did that where do you think that came from? Um I got back into like long distance running after So Evan's about to turn sixteen. I still don't know how that's possible. I'm not old enough. Um and Charlie, my daughter, just turned twelve. And so I got back into running after Charlie was born. Like, because it was easy. I could just go out. I could take her in the buggy with me if I wanted to. And um, I remember running my first mile along the riverfront and thinking I was never going to make it back. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is not good. Like, I think you know, that, all I, those... I think that every time I run. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, I know. Like, I saw... Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw like there was a picture of you. Was it in the body lab class? Was it like one of the little I, no, makeup? There's not a picture of me in a body lab class. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. No, there's a. It was. We did the videos. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah and I immediately was like, I'm screenshotting that. Oh, wow, like that's, that's going viral. That's like because that I don't. This this is not something's yeah, no not right sees, here. No one sees this. Yeah. Yeah, something's <laughs> not right here. And um, so yeah, I went out and started training for a half marathon, and was just like. I need something else. And I didn't do it about it because I just had a kid. And all these women that go out and run marathons after they have kids, good for them. Not here. Um, so then I decided I was going to do, like, this is like two, three years later. And um, 
I decided I was going to throw my hat into a full marathon. I'd always wanted to do it. I knew I was getting... I mean, I don't want to put the age thing on it, but I knew, like, my body could handle training for a marathon at this age, maybe once. And I knew that... But I knew I needed more than just the marathon stuff. And so um, I went up to Fleet Feet. Deb Roscoe, one of the owners up there, is a client of mine. And then... Um, she fitted me out with shoes and then we talked about the training kind of side of things and how I could mix the CrossFit with the cardio stuff and pull back on certain things and push other things. And I, I really do like warn the training I did during my marathon training. And that was the, that was the, like the, oh, this can help me do what I really love to do and continue to do it for longer and maybe crack some goals at that point as well. I think I ran the full marathon and I think it was all the fours. I think it was a 444. And I didn't set a time goal. I just wanted to cross the fucking line. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, Absolutely. yeah. Um, and then I've used it since then to try and crack two hours on a half, which has eluded me like too many times to get 202, 203, 206. Mm. Like, and my GPS on my phone is like, you've done it. And then I get the list and I'm like, no, I didn't. Like <laughs> two more minutes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But over 13 miles, that's a lot. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think, um, it was the knowledge that as I was reaching a certain age and my body was changing and, um, I look at CrossFit and I tell all the women I meet that say, Oh my God, you do CrossFit. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to be able in my 60s, 70s, 80s, and God forbid I hit 90, (laughs) to be as active and as, like, able to move as I am today. Like, you know, I want, like, if my kids decide to have kids, I want to be riding bikes with my grandkids. Like, my mom is 80. God, if she listens to this, she'll be like, be good, be kind. Um, I think my mom will be 88 next year or 87. And she walks like three or four miles a day and she's on three medications and one of them is high blood pressure. And the only reason she thinks she's on high blood pressure is because she has to walk up a hill to the doctor's office. (laughs) And by the time she gets there, she's like a little bit out of breath. And then they do her blood, then they they check her, then they check her, yeah, then they check her blood pressure and she's like, I don't think that's right. I'm like, well, tell him to come down the hill and take it when you're sitting home. And <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I see her and how active she is. And she never, she didn't do half the stuff that I do. And she has actually, when she comes to visit, I have, I haven't brought her to Mecca yet, but um, she has come and sat and watched me in a CrossFit class. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know if you need to be. And I'm like, it's okay, mom. I'm like, don't worry about it. Sorry. <laughs> Not every single episode, but I feel like we hit this, that general that generational conversation a little bit in every single episode. It's like either people are in your shoes where it's like, well, that's what I've seen. My parents are active. That's what I want to be. I continue on with that or the opposite of it. I've seen how terrible my parents and my grandparents have gotten. And I will absolutely not be that. Mm-hmm. Like there's such a drive there from that generation to generation that kind of determines like <clears throat> how you want to, push yourself physically mm-hmm. you know or or how how much you fall in love with fitness maybe is a better way of like yeah. saying it yeah and it sounds like that kind of set 
intention for you. Like you created intention out of it. And you're like, I, I have these goals, but it seems like you're learning. Um, seems like you're learning to be able to carry that over in other stuff too, right? Yeah, and I think it's, I saw necessarily like, how little my mom did to stay as healthy as she is. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to run the Pittsburgh half next year and I'm going to get 159.59 on that bloody list. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I look at how well she's done, so it's like almost like a genetics thing. Like if I know that she's maintained this level of fitness and she's healthy and she gets on a plane and comes all the way to Pittsburgh from Ireland where she lives, like every year other than, you know, the years we will not discuss anymore, um, then then I have no boundaries. You know, there's nothing that I can't, like, do. Do you know what I mean? Um, but then for her growing up in her generation, like, she was brought up in Glasgow in a kind of, like, very low-income situation, and you didn't go to the gym. Yeah. You didn't go lift barbells. It wasn't a female thing, or it just wasn't you know, in her kind of community. And now, like, I drive my kids crazy. Like, I'm like, Evan, I'm going to get you a job at the gym and then we can work out together. And he's like, that's great. (laughs) Rolls his eyes at me. Um, But I want them to be involved. I want to bring them in. I want them to, to have that level of, like, fitness and just... Because they're, I mean, their dad is, like, six, four, long and lean and, you know, I can't keep weight on these children. But to me, it's not a weight issue. It's a strength issue. It's like mm-hmm. movement and and being healthy and not just sitting sitting still, mm-hmm. like they do every day at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, definitely, definitely, or Evan definitely has that. I mean, he's a pretty good soccer player by all accounts. Yeah, um, yeah. I was hoping that was going to be my retirement plan, but <laughs> <laughs> not to be. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie just. Charlie will not play soccer, even though I think she'd be great at it, because Evan played soccer. Yeah. And she's at the point right now where she's freaking out about being too tall. Because she's 12 and she's just about an inch off of me. And I'm, what, five, six, five, six and a half. So she's worried that she's going to keep going. Yeah. Um, so she's, she's, she's at Kappa and they have like, nine floors and that's her exercise every day going from floor two to floor seven or whatever she's mm-hmm. like i walk every day i'm like yeah okay that's <laughs> fine <laughs> no, picking my battles picking mm-hmm. my yeah. battles mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah well there's there's other challenges to parenting too and like you know you're also responsible for just their development as as mental human beings and emotional human beings too so uh from all accounts and all stories we've heard of them like it's it's charlie's not lacking even if sports are not her thing (laughs) she can handle herself yeah yeah but dylan actually kind of set up for a nice segue not to totally like change direction but talking about intention and I'm going to share uh, something semi-personal, but comes from like our sessions is uh, when you were an AMP and your biggest mantra. And I think the one thing we went back to more than anything else is very simple, but it's just the term slow down, slow down. Um, 
Yeah. And I would, that's like, I would love to dive in there and that almost be like the last question I ask. Like we could just, <laughs> we could just like, like have a conversation from this point on, but like why that mantra has worked for you so much and how we came to realize, or you came to realize that that's a really powerful one for you. Um, yeah, slow down, slow the fuck down is what we really say. But again, ding. There's two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that in the last year working with you, and then even during the time where I was locked in a house with two kids, you didn't have much else to do other than sit and kind of contemplate what was going on in your world and also the world around you. Um, and I think there was things that I hadn't processed um, leading up to having a conversation with you. And there was also things that um, I think I used as excuses um, on why I couldn't do something or why it was the wrong time. And so when you're when you're then in that situation, like you say, you're protecting the mental health of two kids that were in school on a Friday and did not return to school on a Monday for the best part of two years. Um, it changes the dynamic of how you kind of look at life. Um, the slow down mantra for me has always been hard because... My dad used to say, um, I had itchy feet. Like, I can't sit still. Like, I find it extremely hard. Like, self-care for me. And, and I touch on this, like, when I work with clients. But, like, your personality, like, depicts your behavior so much. And so for some personalities, they can sit and they draw a bath and they put candles out and they get a glass of wine and they, sit, they can sit there for hours. Uh, my immediate thought is, oh my, I don't want to line my own dirt in a bath with cat. Like, what? No. Like, I'll go run. Like, I would rather go run for three miles than do that. When I was training for the marathon, I literally had to get in the bath after, like, an 18-mile training run with, like, Epsom salts and set a timer for 20 minutes and so I didn't get out because I'd be like... Oh, come on. Like, 13 minutes? Are you... This is ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like... It wasn't the 18 miles. It was the 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the four hours I just spent, like, going up my car to hell. Like, it was the... Getting into this bathtub and being like, there are so many things I can do. And so, you and I talked a lot about not placing my worth on productivity. Which is still, like, something I think about every single day. Like... If somebody asks, you know, how's it going? How are you doing? I then immediately say, well, I got up and I went to the gym and I did the laundry and I came back and I walked the dogs and did it. And I'm like, don't think that's what they were asking. <laughs> um, so it really like once we kind of dug into it and I was willing to like take a breath and put it out there, I think it was really like pivotal, you know, Um there was decisions that I had to make business-wise, personally, that I'd just been putting off and putting off and putting off, and it was just getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And the ability to sit down with someone like you that um, 
could see the fluff and then keep digging past the fluff. And I love like the, the way um, you'd said to me a couple of times, I'm just holding up the mirror, mm-hmm. which is what I do for other people. But sometimes the things you do for other people, you can't do for yourself. And so I needed, I needed somebody to hold up the mirror and say, you're going to burn out in three minutes if you do not, like, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> um, and even with being in the gym this year, I feel like 2022 has been the year of pacing. Like, and I've learned so much about pacing. And sometimes I, you know, like with Dylan, it's like a love-hate relationship because he walks in in the morning and he's like, happy Monday. And I'm like, is it? Is it? Is it a happy Monday? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, um, but then when I look at it, and again, I look at like week on week, month on month, and I see with the patience I'm showing, I'm getting to where I want to be. And that has really like trickled over to quitting my business and getting ready to be like my own entity and and really for the first time doing that like as much as the franchise business was my business I I knew I had to step away from it I knew the the personality I have and the confidence I have in myself and the ability I have to help people was just being you know it was stuck in this little box and I, I can't sit in a box about <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird to think of but like that that right there is just like basically the the sprinting the constant going the constant need for productivity is what put you in a spot where you couldn't move mm-hmm. and that's the place you can't stand the most yeah and so the only way to kind of break out of that is to like slow down is yeah. to Okay, if you want to keep moving, we've got to do it at a much slower, slower pace. What do you think some of the biggest fears were around slowing down? It's it's so weird. It's like one of those things. It's like someone tells you, like, you know, we really arrived at that together. Yeah. You know, there there's never a moment, and I and I hope this like, I don't want to just talk about amp, but like an amp. There's never a moment where I want to be the person saying like. This is what you need to do. It's like exactly what you said. Like, I'm just holding up a mirror. You're coming to these realizations yourself. But we really arrived at slowing down kind of together at the same time. It was you were like that. This is one of the big keys. This is one of the big factors. This is one of the big pieces. And it's like there's a lot of fear that comes into it because it's like this is what I need to do. I can feel it. But also in doing this, it contradicts everything that have either been past values or current values. It's like, I need to slow down so I don't go crazy, but slowing down contradicts with making this much money, with being this successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you, combat's not the right word, but how did you balance that and realize you can still have all of that by slowing down so um to well just before the pandemic hit um again i was getting that like itchy feet syndrome do i stay here do i leave what will i do next how will i support myself like how will i support my kids blah 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 and there was some new consultants that came into the business and all of a sudden the business kind of went from 
service and you know the quality of what we do to uh, oh there's a leaderboard now mm-hmm. and I was like don't put a leaderboard in front of me because mm-hmm. that's like okay um, and I grew up like I, I was a travel agent but I left school at 16 my dad lost his job I went and got a job um, and I don't think I'd, I've stopped moving since mm-hmm. so like I mean, I'm 50 now, so like there's 34 years where I've been working. Whereas most people at 16, 17 go to college for four years and don't get their first job until they're in their mid-20s. I'd already worked a decade, you know, and that and that was fine, inverted commas. Um, but then like I went into, so I was a travel agent and fast forward to London 15, 20 years ago, um, I was an, an operations director for a travel company with two great guys um, that are still in London. And I had 30 people like working for me. And I was, in, like, I was the, the buck stopped with me before it went to Nigel and Nasser, who ran the company. And so I had a finger in every pie. And I needed to know exactly what was going on. A little bit like what, you know, the little firecracker that is Natalie does here. Do you know what I mean? Like... How quickly can I get her to respond to an email? Yeah. Like, how quickly can I get her to text me back? Oh, <laughs> milliseconds, yes. Um, and that was me. Like, it was like, it was moving and constant and moving and constant. And then fast forward to coming to Pittsburgh and starting the styling business. And then all of a sudden it was just me. And so I was like, well, I still have to do all these things because it's me doing all these things. So it just, it kept, it kept moving that way. But then when, just before the pandemic hit, I sat down because they were starting to like take, um, new boss came in and she's like, I want to see a leaderboard. I want to see top five, top 10. I want to see these numbers. And I literally sat down one day with a spreadsheet and worked out how many people I would have to see and what the services would be and how much um, I'd have to charge them to hit six figures. And I immediately looked at it and went, there's no way. There's just no, I don't want to do that. I, I, don't, I don't want to work X amount of hours in a month when I have two kids. I'd just gone, like, I was, I'm five, six years into divorce. Um, so we did all that to work out. I don't, like, this isn't, it, like, it really like hit me like a brick hitting you in the face. Like, oh, I'm defining my success with a number as opposed to how are my kids doing? How am I doing? What does life look like? What is my schedule like? Um, and so it really, I was like, let them have that. Like if that's how they want to play this game, then that was like the first strike against taking a step back and then the problem was I took a step back and then I was like rebellious I was like well you suck (laughs) and this is shit and I don't want to do it like this and so you're wrong and I'm right so then it just then it was just a a banging of the heads like they would say one thing I would like I would be in a, a meeting and I was the one I was the one that the other consultants would text and say ask this Sure. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like at your back at high school, like yeah. you you see it. I'm like, but everybody's gonna back me up. 
Yeah. No, nobody backed me up. Yeah. <laughs> so I became the problem child at uh, like 40. Well, Something has to come from like being the boss. You are already the boss. You are yeah. already in that position. So there's, I certainly don't mean to imply that there was never nerves challenging your bosses, but it's like, there's a layer that has bro- been broken down where it's like, I'm, I'm not really scared to say and be honest what needs to be said, even if it might rub heads the wrong way. Yeah. I never, like, I never see anything to offend people. Sure. Like, everything I do, I do with a huge dose of humor and, like, maybe a little bit of roasting. But if I'm roasting you, then I, I really like you. Like, if I'm not talking to you, then you're like, that's a problem. And so once that hit me, then I was like, well, I have to figure out how I do what I love and charge people more money for it and do less of it. Because the schedule I have now is like luxury. It's almost, (laughs) I mean, it shouldn't feel like semi-retirement, but some days I'm just like, oh, what do you do today? I don't have to do that's good that's good that's great though like you you went through so long of you know uh, assessing what was success with other things and like slowing down it seems slowing down it seems kind of gets you to the point where i mean you've earned this schedule right yeah my seniority yeah (laughs) my master's my master seniority <laughs> still want a master's board on Sugarwood. Sugarwood, please make that. <laughs> they don't respond that well, yeah. so. Just want a little N next to my name. Masters, <laughs> bitches. Um, so yeah, that was like, that was a real like trigger. But then I had to figure out how I was going to do that. And then I knew I wasn't going to do that on my own. And then all of a sudden, David May walked into my life and I was like, oh, and I remember the first time, even when I walked in here and I met you and Natalie at the same time and you were sitting back in the coach's room. And I can't remember why I was in. I was in there for somebody was asking me something or whatever. I had to sign something. And I immediately met Natalie and I went, oh, yeah, her and I are fine. Don't know about this guy. Like he seems a little like calm and collected and like <laughs> laid back. He seems a little too zen for my liking. <laughs> I need that. Let's go. Let's go. That's not. Okay. That's good. And that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you were, because I said something like, well, I haven't been doing this long and I don't want to hurt myself or whatever. And you were like, we're not going to let that happen. And I was like, oh, okay. Secretly, you're like, I want it to happen. I want to go hard. I want to be <laughs> Watch here and work me. out. <laughs> you can't tell me to slow down. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think it was like the slowdown was, was inevitable. And it's weird because, like, I turned 50 this year and I feel like I still act like a 25-year-old most days. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I know, yes, like... Yes, I know. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. Yeah. So, I know, I, like, I know people are, I think, gen- generally or not generally surprised when, like, they say, you're what? I'm like, yeah, big five oh. Awesome. Um, and so... But the slowing down had to had to happen to give me the ability to then maintain the lifestyle that I I want and I have now. And and my number one priority is always Evan and Charlie when it comes to that and what I teach them. But I really believe like after a year at AMP, even like as you mentioned before, like the conversations that I am now able to have with these two 
little people, not so little anymore. They'll always be my little people. Um, I've seen, I've gotten them through what they had to get through so far. And it's still evolving and it's given me so much patience. And, and you know, if you asked anybody that knew me past life, like before moving to America, they'd be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> patience and Julie Shields are not in the same sentence ever. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't have any patience. And I, and I, and don't get me wrong, like sometimes my patience is tested, but I think I'm at the age now where I just, I want to have straightforward, honest conversations with people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I have zero time for like making it look and seem anything other than what it is. And I think getting to that point where it was funny because I resigned from the franchise and then I immediately emailed them back and said, you know what? No. <laughs> like, remember? Like, I was like, so I said... Yeah, so wait, explain explain that because people listening might not know. Like, you you had a job in, in a franchise <laughs> and stuff and then you, the business. You, were, you were in a franchise and then you left and now you're yeah. on your own and that. So explain that. Yeah. So um, I discovered um, the franchise business I was in when I was living in London. And basically, it's personal style services. My job is to make you look in the mirror and be like, damn, I look good today. <laughs> Every day without, you know, the little Scottish accent in your head saying, really, are you going to wear that? <laughs> what? Um, and it, I love the process. And I went through their services in London. And then I moved um, back to the States when Evan was like six months old. So now going to be 16. <laughs> And um, I needed something flexible because I didn't want... When I had Evan in London, um, I literally like stopped working and two weeks later, Evan was born. And then I had six months paid maternity leave. So like when you get here... And this is a whole other conversation that we can't get into. But anyway, but so I had six months paid maternity leave. I had another three months half pay. And then I had an opportunity to extend it for another three months and not get paid, but they could not give my job away. Mm. Mm. Um, but I loved and adored the guys I worked with, so underneath the table, we were having a different conversation about mm-hmm. how we were going to come back to the States, because my ex-husband is from Ohio. Mm-hmm. I know, Ohio. They're all like, Ohio. <laughs> Where were you? 20 years ago. Anyway, so, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm from Ohio. I know. Sorry. Yeah. I, every time, every time I see Ohio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was waiting. Making friends. And, it sucks. Yeah. Making friends all over Ohio. So anyway, nothing wrong with Ohio. I, like whatever. Um, so anyway, so but our plan was to come back here because my family had already moved to Ireland and um, Jason's family were 40 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. So, um, but I needed something where I could continue to have Evan with me as much as possible. I didn't want to throw him in daycare or whatever. And one of my girlfriends in London was like, oh, they're looking, they're going to open in America. Well, there was four people doing it. And it was great because I went and I trained in London and I came back and nobody bothered me. (laughs) They were just like, get on with it. Mm -hmm. You now have a franchise. We don't have a website. We don't have support. We don't have anything. So I was like literally my own business. Mm -hmm. There's four people in America, um, Martha's Vineyard, Chicago, and Washington, and me in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Just like the most random, like, <laughs> where would you set up a personal styling business? 
Let's stick a pin in America. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Like, um, again, and I love this city, but yeah, okay. Anyway, so um, that was 10 years ago, and um, it really gave me the ability to have, like, the ideal, like, life of having Evan, only having to put him in childcare or find care for him when, whenever. Um, the personal style and business for me is educational. Mm-hmm. Like it's really given people the opportunity that have become stuck somewhere in their life and can't figure it out that, you know, have a closet full of clothes and have nothing to wear. And, and I think that in this day and age, when I do have like kids that are 12 and 16, like you cannot turn on social media without somebody saying something about the size of something and, too skinny, too fat, too big, too tall. Like, and I really wanted to eliminate it and take it down to the bare bones of the facts and the science. And, and I, I personally just like loved the process and I live and breathe it. And I had my colors analyzed in London, like, Oh, like 20 years ago. I am not this old. Like (laughs) I don't understand. Like I was literally, when I, when you asked me to be on this, I drew a little, I did a little like, um, biography of and I was like 19 what <laughs> like how has it still got 19 in front of it it's now 2022 um, so yeah and then so that franchise grew and grew and grew and and I felt like I, I my world was just getting smaller and smaller and smaller mm-hmm. until one day somebody <laughs> and I don't know she knows who she is and I know who she is, but we're not getting into that. But <laughs> somebody literally threw me under the bus for doing an Instagram live where I said, shit. Mm. And I was like, what? Yeah. And and so I get this like email from head office, like, you can't be doing this. And I'm like, the hell I can. <laughs> like, first of all, who's like checking up on me? Mm-hmm. Like... I don't see anybody as my personal competition. Like, I have a, a friend who's out that came under my wing at House of Colour and is now going on, on doing her own thing. And she is in Pittsburgh and I love her. And if I thought a client would work better with her than me, I would send that client to her because mm-hmm. we are completely different ends of the personality spectrum. Mm-hmm. She is frilly and romantic and pink, and I am not. <laughs> like, so. I've never like seen people like that as my competition. So that was like, mm, okay, this is ever the noose is getting a little tight around my neck. It felt micromanaged. Oh, like, yeah. After yeah. being a boss for so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You were part of a franchise, but you basically felt like you had your own business. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first little thorn in your side of kind yeah. of feeling like I'm being micromanaged. Completely. Mm-hmm. And it and it didn't belong to me anymore. Yeah. And then um Along the side of that, I'd started doing the menswear stuff, the J. Helber and the custom menswear stuff, which I really love because guys are so much easier to deal with <laughs> when it comes to I'm nodding at Sarah. Like they're just they're just like blue, green, black. Like, what's your favorite color? Blue. Okay, done. Um and generally, I mean again, and I'm like I'm putting a big blank over it, but generally when you say to a guy, you look really good in that, they're like, great give me three pairs and da 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 when you see you know when a woman walks out of a changing room and, and they're like I don't know and, da, 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 and I'm like you look great then they're 
they're they're constantly like objectifying themselves mm-hmm. on how other people will think. Mm-hmm. Like guys just their brain and again not all, but most guys' brains don't work. If you tell them something when it comes to this kind of stuff, they look at you and they think, Well, you're the expert and yeah, yeah okay, great. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um and I love like the G Helburn mentality of um like guarantee I love the work ethic behind the company. Like that's where I wished the other company had gone. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're not, but they're just maybe they're not moving fast enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Um but I'd struggled with the idea of walking away from them before and then and and we joked like EMP should transfer his name to talk to Dave, quit your job. Because <laughs> so many people in front of me had like changed their jobs or quit their jobs. And I was like, this would have been good information. I would have signed up six months earlier. Mm-hmm. I could save myself a whole ton of like hardship <laughs> six months yeah. earlier. The, the purpose is definitely not for you to quit your job. Yeah, no. I think it's just, I, it, it just so happens that when you're dealing with someone that, major yeah it very rarely is i so clearly know what i want to do i'm not going to even let it stress me out i'm cutting the ties now yeah it's very much this like i've loved it for so long do i still love it Mm -hmm. there's this question there's this back and forth it's not just like well it doesn't matter if i loved it yesterday i don't love it today it's, it's not that clean cut. And so I think when you have a program or a platform that allows people to like, hey, are you mentally confused about what's going on right now? Like you have trouble making decisions. <laughs> it, it It's like it's prime time for people to come when there's already a big thing on the table. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if I could just get get my head right and then I'll be able to continue on. Yeah. I think what usually happens is as people get their head right, they realize, oh no, it's it's I actually do want to say goodbye. I, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that some people can do that and get to the point where they turn around and say, okay, I'm done. What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And they go off and they fly and it's amazing. And then there's people like me that have been going around in this treadmill like over and over again, repeat, 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 same thing, expect a different outcome. So I knew I needed, and I'd worked with a coach before. He got me to my divorce. (laughs) 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 Every time I have a life changing moment, I'm like, okay, I need to call somebody. (laughs) We gotta get this shit moving. Like this is taking too long. Slow down, slow down, slow down. (laughs) But like then when I knew like, and, and, and also relates to the work I do with clients and like the podcast that I want to make that the title is, it's never about the clothes. It's so seldomly about the clothes. It's about how you feel in the clothes. Yeah. Like it's so, when I say to people, when I work with people and they're like, well, I want to lose 15 pounds and I want to like blah, 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 irrelevant. Go lose the 15 pounds. It's not going to make one bit of difference. To how we have a conversation. Right. That's like us, but with bodies. Like, yeah. We, our goal is to make people feel better. I mean, obviously get healthier, but like if they have physical changes, cool. But 
but it's not the predominant right. like driving force when you walk in the door. Right. And so, and it's the same with what I do. Like I think people hear personal stylist and they're like, ooh, fancy weddings, you know, mm-hmm. parties, galas. I don't know how many people are going to galas. <laughs> Yeah. But like, <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, listen, they're opening a Gucci in Ross Park Mall. Oh man, we're getting shit's about to get real here. Do you know what I mean? Like Gucci. Like I saw the advert and I was like, that's a that's a mistake. Okay, all right. So there is there's funds and money and ability here. Do you know? But like, I always I always joke and say like I'm looking for like a studio. Like a really like cool little small studio somewhere, and I'm going to be positioned next to a psychologist's office or a psychotherapy office because they leave me and they immediately have to go talk to somebody else about it. Do you know what I mean? Or I'll just send them to Dave. And I'm yeah. like, hey, you want to change your job? Because he did. Um, but it is. It's never about the clothes. Help. The clothes give you the confidence. Like women typically go through seven year cycles seasons in their life and what happens when they get to me is they're they're at the point where they're like well i had this in college and it still fits me and i'm like do you want to look like a 20 year old college student is that the look we're going for great then more hoodies and more joggers like let's go that's me like you my brain lit up when you said that because i was like that's probably a huge that is one of those things where you really need someone else holding up the mirror for you yeah because you felt great all the time when you were a college kid. It was awesome. It was fun. Life was a party. You had responsibilities, but way different responsibilities than what you have maybe at a, like a middle age now. Yeah. And so the idea of like, oh, well, it still fits me. I'm still that person. Yeah. And then for someone that's else, that's your identity. So for someone else to hold a mirror up to you and finally go, are you trying to look like your 20 year old college kid? It's like, but, oh, no, <laughs> because that's a way different style than I'm yeah. trying to put off now. But the way putting that shirt on or those pants on or that dress on made me feel, that's, I want to have that. Mm-hmm. The other American pet peeve I have and I have many is the word cute. <laughs> I would like that word struck from the American dictionary. <laughs> so annoying. Good luck. What do you think people mean when they say cute? I don't, I, you tell me, because I can't figure it Like, cute. Yeah, so, like, a puppy is cute. Mm-hmm. Like, Nina is cute. <laughs> like, you know, but when I, when, when I talk to people and I'm like, if I took your picture today and handed it out to a room full of strangers... What words would you want those strangers to describe you just physically on your appearance? Because we're human beings and it's the first thing we see about other people. Mm-hmm. When I walked into this gym day one and I saw Kevin, I was like, okay. He doesn't own the place. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit old. He's a bit old to be working the front desk. In shorts on and a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably because it was summer. Short shorts, yeah. But it's like, it, it, it's people will argue to the death with me it doesn't matter what i look like it's about my intellect and my knowledge and how i'm going to get you from a to z on the journey you're going to take with me i'm not even handing my checkbook over if you don't look like you know what you're doing if you don't give me a sense that you're um 
my time is valuable to you. Me showing up here is valuable to you. And that's how you've presented yourself. It's also about lifestyle. Like I'm not going to try and sell anybody in here like a three-piece suit. When you, you might need one suit. Like you guys might need one suit. You might need like one formal dress. But that's not 80% of your closet. And most people are wearing 20% of their clothes 80% of the time. So you have this magical, mythical capsule closet that you love. You have your favorite joggers, your favorite hoodie, your favorite caps, and you repeat and you repeat and you repeat. But then you have all this other stuff that one day you might wear that or, you know, one day I might have a funeral to go to. Okay, do we need like five black dresses for that? Like, are they appropriate? Like, okay. Keep one, get rid of the rest. Or one day I'll fit back into it. Just because you fit back into it doesn't mean you're the same person you were when you fit into it, right? It's, it's funny because like you said that and it, it got my mind racing about things that we see and, mm -hmm. and people are like, oh, I want to get stronger, but then I want to get a better engine and I want to get better at gymnastics and I want to get better at this and this and this. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, um, yeah, well, I mean, one, we can slow down and we can just do like a general thing and a lot more comes into play with that. But yeah, that, yeah. that's what hit me. I mean, the parallels to me are the exact same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and what I'm hearing is you're a coach. Yeah. That, so that's I'm what you are. And it's like, it's not some, I'm a fancy business owner, This you're a coach. Yeah. Like, that's what you're doing. And I think if you're in any line of coaching, I actually just saw this on someone's Instagram today, Carl Paoli, who's mm -hmm. big in the CrossFit community. Uh, he was talking about if you, like, you are a coach, then you are in the business of being a, I think for lack of a better word, he just said you're a semi-therapist. Mm -hmm. Like, it will, the exact word he used was behoove you to understand the inner workings of people's individual internal development because you know knowing that it allows you to actually coach someone yeah you know it's not i think when i first found out you were a stylist like the quote that comes into my head is like it's like oh yeah someone who helps people dress for success but it's like wow what a what a caveman like way to think about like a stylist yeah. like some people don't want to dress for success like they want to dress for something else yeah and like that's that's what you're finding out you're coaching people to be like oh i'm, I'm coaching you to be strong or i'm mm -hmm. coaching you to have a good engine mm -hmm. or i'm coaching you to be good at gymnastics mm -hmm. like we're not just coaching for health mm -hmm. they're there we are but there's there's a more specific piece to it that mm -hmm. we have to understand the individual and get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have to know where the person is to know where you can take them. Mm -hmm. Just like you guys, like I'm not going to walk in having no experience, but maybe still being physically fit-ish and pick up and do a 200-pound deadlift. I am now. Well, people try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, the, and then, the, oh, well, you go to CrossFit, you're going to get hard. I'm yeah. like, don't get me and then, started. You know, we tell them, yeah. slow down. <laughs> there's, that, there's that mantra. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think, like, I, it really, it's, it's never about 
the clothes. It's about the person behind the clothes and the, the person that that person wants to become. And it's just another, to me, it's like, I'll be in changing rooms with a client and hear other people and have to literally like sit on my hands and like <laughs> zip my tongue and be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> to, I'll be back. Give me a second. I just have to go into it. I can't. I just, I just can't. Like, yeah. you know. Um, because I don't want anybody to ever like stand in front of the mirror and look at themselves and not see themselves or not see their potential. I don't want something again, in commas, as simple as getting dressed to be the thing that stops you doing what you were born to do yeah. on this world. I also like have really reached a point where I have zero patience for people that are stuck in jobs or careers where like they just constantly, you know, are miserable and spread that misery around. I'm just like, if I can get to where I've gotten to, you can as well. Like, and to your point when you're super gracious about like, I used to hate people saying, oh, you're so tough and you're so strong and you're so this and you're so that. Like, because I felt a little bit like that imposter syndrome. I'm not really. Do you know what I mean? Like, I will literally sit, like, when I when I lost my dad and I was going through a divorce and I had these two babies, there was many times where I sat in a position that you two are in, in my kitchen floor and just, like, bawled my eyes out mm-hmm. and was like, what the heck? Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody bitch slap me <laughs> and let's get this moving. Because, like, again, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have time to sit here. Mm-hmm. But, like, my mom has always said, like, better out than in. And so now I'm, again, but that's just like, you go through that season of realizing like, what's like, what's my purpose and why am I here? Um, and I think the next step for me is, is going to be so like fun because there ain't going to be any filter. Like I can see what I want on Instagram. Like, get ready. I'm going to have like X-rated podcast on mine. <laughs> Come on in. How many can we get in in, this, in an hour? Is going to be my like challenge as opposed to like not saying the F word. <laughs> and so, and I feel like I'm really like at a good plate. And don't get me wrong. There's still like a ton of stuff like I want to do and I'm excited to do. But I think it's like, oh, there I go. Take a, take a deep breath. Like I'm 50. I'm not dead. Like, I have these amazing humans that I get to, like, I can't wait to sit down with Evan and have a beer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it probably will happen with Charlie before it happens with Evan. (laughs) 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 But, you know, um, like, those things, like, I'm excited about those things. I I used to, like, look at my age as a a negative thing, and now I look at it and I'm like, no, like, this is proof, like, I can keep... The minute I see a cardio workout in Sugar Water, I'm like, let's go. Oh, okay. I can do this. Let's go. And I get excited. And, like, I want women, especially, like, around my age to feel like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Be part of that so, movement. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see the, the development of confidence. Because, like, like I said in the intro, it's like, I always felt like you just had this innate sense of confidence. Like you are just confident. And there's some people that are loud and we mistake them for being confident. You know, like 
and you're loud. <laughs> so but it was never mistaken that this is a front for insecurity. Like your personality is loud and confident is part of that personality. And that's always prevalent to me. But since you started slowing down, it's like, I don't know if it's a different layer of confidence or if it's a different type of confidence. Do you know any difference between the two? That's a really good call out. <laughs> <laughs> so like bolshy is the word I would use. Okay. Like, do you know what that? No. Never, no? no. Subtitles. What is it? Bolshy. Bolshy. Bolshy is somebody that's like, oh, I can't name names, but I'm going to. Um, Spaddy. Okay. Like, I don't know him that well. Love him. Love him. But he, he's like, he's got that bullshit kind of system. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, the hair and the attitude. And yeah. so when I see somebody like that, I'm like, he needs to slow down. Like, he's, <laughs> I, like, he needs to slow down. Um, so it's, it's almost that, like, to me, it's almost like an inner kind of glow that somebody has. And you attract that. Like, I'm attracted to that. Like, that's my people. But at the same time, I think what happens is that, like, where my confidence is going with is that I'm pulling people in that are not the same. Like, that see that and are not, like, put off by it. They're not, like, "Mm, too much. Like, tone that down. Like, because it's still... To me, the confidence has become more of an inclusive thing. I don't want to leave anybody out. So at times, <laughs> you may believe this or not, I don't care. There are times when I'm in a class and I'm like, shut up, just mm-hmm. let somebody else talk. Like, <laughs> and then there's silence and I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't do crossword <laughs> silence. <laughs> so somebody's going to have to say something. Do you know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's not measured. It's not, it's never like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I say things and I'm like, Mm. <laughs> okay, reel it in a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Um, but not very often. So has it changed? Yeah, I think it has. I think um, it's funny because Charlie and has that already, but I never wanted to. I don't want her to be like the theater kid because mm-hmm. she's at a theater school. I don't want her to be the obnoxious like kid that people don't want to be around kind of thing but she just has that genuine ability to to pull people in and she's so funny but then Evan my old man who was born an old man who's 16 going on 45 like he has a different kind of confidence that it's it's super subtle and it's controlled until you're within his inner circle and sometimes I don't even hear it unless he's on his Game Boy or whatever. Sorry, PS4, Game Boy. <laughs> Mom. Um, and I hear him talking to people and I'm like, listen to him. Like, and it comes out and he's like, super like, bullshit. I'm like, there it is. I, knew, I know it's in there somewhere. But I think the process that I've gone through in the last couple of years has given me the ability to see it in both of them and not like, wrangle it. Like, let's just see where this is going to go. This is going to be so much fun. Because I remember being uh, the Evan kid. Like, I was... <laughs> again, believe it or not, folks. I was the quiet, like, timid, 
wouldn't see, you know, boot a cat. Yeah. And then I went on a um, first year of high school. I went to um, Belgium and Amsterdam on a school trip. Which is not as exotic as it sounds when you're from Scotland. Yeah, well, I I went to the Cleveland Zoo, so um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so yours sounds pretty cool. Yeah, but we went to a roller coaster park. We went to a roller coaster park, and it was pure peer pressure to go on the roller coaster. And my mom said, "You came back a different kid." Like it was all of a sudden, it was like all this tension and all this like a high school, and then you went and you were like, "Oh, high school, let's go." And so, but I'm trying, so I'm, I see that, I see a lot of him and me and I see it, it's just so fascinating to see it and watch it and, and see what's coming next. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like layers of you and then it's becoming layers of your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. super cool. I don't make uncool kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're cool. Yeah. But yeah, but it comes to the slow down thing, even with them, like giving them the patience to be like, you don't have, like, do soccer, don't do soccer. Do this, don't do that. You know, Um, you got time. Like you got time. I think that was another element of the slowing down thing. Like I could have another 50 years on this planet. Mm -hmm. God, help you all. (laughs) That's going to be fun. (laughs) Don't like, I'm not coaching you for that. (laughs) Screw that. (laughs) <laughs> I, I made a joke last week that if I hit that two point whatever billion Powerball you guys would never see me again um, after I'd said I would give you a million dollars yeah she did yeah I did I said <laughs> yeah. everybody in 915 if I win tomorrow mm-hmm. so it was me you Patricia Patricia Mirana and Brendan yeah yeah and I was like if I win I'm going to give you a million dollars and you a million dollars. And this one, he's like... I said, you'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to see me for 50 years. So, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's karma. Because I didn't win. <laughs> That's karma. See, if you'd said, sure, I'll do the same. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Nobody else said it either. No. And did. Patricia asked for more. Yeah, she did. She did. She said, I've known you longer. I get two. Yeah. It's like you immediately just have to. Yeah. So you get nothing. So, Yeah. Well, can't argue with that. She got you in the door. Mm-hmm. So she did. True. She got you're welcome. <laughs> um, it's always kind of a bummer to wrap these things up because you just want to sit here for another hour, <laughs> and just just chit chat longer and more. But um, if you listen, I hope uh, as usual, there's something that you take away that makes this worthwhile. That. Uh, Maybe you leave just with a thought or something you want to try to apply like to your own life. But Julie, really, thank you for sharing yourself with everybody and and uh, your laugh, your swear words. Your, sorry, um, you're not your, sorry. <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> and your knowledge, there's the the vulnerability to to share kind of your story. Um, it's awesome. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being my hype people. Always. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> always. Always. Deli, thanks again. Yep, yep. Another successful one down. Sarah, mm-hmm. thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We will uh, see you all again soon. Uh, thanks for being here and listening with us. Yeah.